0: I'll get in trouble for this I'm certain but
1: and welcome back to another episode of the Saturday six podcast we are back and it is finally college football season week zero is here and we're excited to bring it to you I'm AJ here with my brother Tyler what's going on Take a seat, turn up the volume, crack a beer, college football's back, baby. It's back. Episode 24, our week zero pick six. They're here. We got six games to go over with you guys. First, want to remind you, please give us a follow on social media, at Saturday6pod, on Instagram, on Twitter, and give us a rating. Turn on those notifications. We would appreciate that. Just tell somebody that you listened to the podcast and you enjoyed it. If you did, we appreciate that. And yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's jump into these six games that we picked for week 0. Got some interesting matchups, got some big spreads, some teams that we just kind of are excited to see the first glimpse of. Let's start with a game that we previewed a couple episodes ago. We're headed across the pond to Ireland, baby, the Navy Midshipmen. They're going to Ireland to face off against I guess this is the home team the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the 13th ranked team in the country. Big spread here. This one's going down Saturday, August 26th, 2:30 on NBC. And the Fighting Irish, 20 and a half point favorites. Three touchdowns. You got to take them by if you want to ride with the Irish on this one. What are we thinking, man? It's our, it's our first taste of college football. You get Navy. You get Notre Dame in Ireland. Should be special. Should be a lot of intrigue around this game. Second year head
0: coach. New quarterback and Sam Hartman coming over from Wake Forest. This is something where Notre Dame, it should be a little bit of a tune-up game before they get into the bulk of their a little bit tougher schedule. Uh, The big thing is, though, is traveling is hard for any team. Traveling across the world to Ireland is something that you can't really gauge how it's going to affect a team because you don't know, and it's going to affect both of them. I think a big thing here is you still have Navy plan high school AAU style offense <laughs> yeah. with yeah. a triple option. Yeah. I I understand you kind of have to because the Navy has height and right height and weight requirements and they still use the body mass index to judge that. So <laughs> yes. you don't have it's the big guys offensive up. line. Yeah. Uh, you don't have you don't have the big defensive line guys that you wish you could that Notre Dame is gonna have. And
1: it's going to be tough.
0: I'm going to be, I'm gonna, it's it's gonna going to, it's going to be tough. Is it going to be 20 and a half point stuff?
1: Yeah, because this is the thing. So new rules in college football this year, no longer will a clock stop after a first down. So you're going to see these games move a little bit faster because that clock is not stopping as often. And you're talking about a Navy team that, like you said, they love to run the ball. They are going to run that clock a little bit more. Listen to this. I got into some some Navy stats from last year. Their pass completions each game. Their pass completions each game. Uh, I'll read them out to you. Just just uh, made me laugh a little bit. Pass completions each game: five, three, seven, eleven, two, nine, six, zero, four, yeah. six, zero, one. They completed zero passes in a game twice. And you want to guess what? Against Temple and UCF, they won both they of won them. games. <laughs> zero <laughs> pass completions. Won the game last year. So I think this is going to be a faster game. So 20 and a half makes it tough. <laughs> Notre Dame is just going to sit on the ball, bro. They're not going to throw the ball. They're going to sit on it. They'll have they'll win the the time of possession more than likely and lose the game by three touchdowns. I mean how is it, how insane is that?
0: I'm freaking crying right now, dude. That is immaculate. Zero pass I mean, completions,
1: won the game. Wow. Incredible.
0: And here's the thing, Notre Dame, guess what? You know what they're running. Yeah, Forget defense. Right. Yeah. Your special teams coordinator is your defensive coordinator this. Yeah. This game. Just freaking trot out your pump block team on every play. You'll win the freaking game. Yeah, you got nine in the box. That is laughable uh, for the two teams that lost to them a season ago. Um, But they are a very athletic group. They are a very fast group. I can guarantee you one thing. No team does more uh, conditioning and physical training than our future soldiers of America. And Mm -hmm. as much as I respect them – and 20 and a half points is a big spread, and we are looking to have a much better record against the spread this year than we did last year. I am going to take the Fighting Irish by three touchdowns. I don't think that this is a close game. I do think it's a quick one, but I think that Notre Dame against this Navy defense just has way more than what Navy could be prepared for.
1: Yeah, I think the offense is going to be a little bit ahead of the defenses early in the season, so I think 20-and-a-half, like you said, really high, going to be a shorter game. But Navy is is not known to do very well in these early season matchups. So I'm going to also roll with, the, roll with the big favorite at home in Ireland. I'm going to go Notre Dame minus that 20-and-a-half as well. I think they can win that game by three touchdowns.
0: Not to mention Notre Dame just has more riding on for it. If they lose in Ireland, their namesake is erased, and they're just the fighting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So they're just fighting at that point. A lot at stake here. Fighting to make a bowl probably <laughs> if they lose the navy. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's head out to the West Coast. We've got a early season matchup. Not a great matchup, but a team that I wanted to touch on because there's a lot of intrigue around them heading into this 2023 season. We have San Jose State on the road against the number 6 team in the country, the USC Trojans. First game of the season Saturday, August 26th. Eight o'clock kickoff on the PAC 12 network and the Trojans are favored by 30 and a half at home. Got to take them to win by 31 points. If you're going to ride with the Trojans on this one, first, first glimpse of Caleb Williams in this offense in 2023 and the Heisman put up 31 plus on, uh, on San Jose state here.
0: I'm going to go ahead and apologize to our audience. Now I'm strictly here to give insight into college football And I can't (laughs) tell you one thing about San Jose State, (laughs) but I could tell you a whole podcast worth about this USC team. We've said it a million times. They got the reigning Heisman winner. That is so tough to say, apparently. Caleb Williams at quarterback. They sure up their defense a little bit. They get some big guys such as Bear Alexander on that defensive line. I think the big thing is here is how well can their defense play? We've never seen a historically great USC defense. We've never seen a historically great Lincoln-Riley defense. So what can he do with a couple more playmakers on that side of the ball? Obviously, USC is going to wipe the floor with San Jose State. How long is Caleb Williams in the game? Do, Do they take it a little bit more conservative? in order to realize, hey, this is a long season and we have much tougher opponents coming up. How long do we want our really good starters in this cupcake game? So that's kind of where I'm a little bit iffy on the score. But I'm going to take the Trojans. I think they want a statement win. It's a new season. You want to have a statement win that kind of sets the morale for the season. And I think uh, 31 points is an easy, easy spread.
1: Yeah, this one like like you said I don't I can't give you a ton on San Jose State. You you touched on it a little bit though. At least I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, sorry. Zilch. Uh the question is I think USC will be able to score 31 points, but how how many points does San Jose State score on that USC defense? That's the big question, right? Um mm-hmm. I got no issue thinking that they'll score that many points, but if San Jose state manages to score 20 something, then does Ohio does, excuse me, does USC get closer to that 50, 60 number, especially if Caleb Williams isn't playing in the third or fourth quarter, then that's where that gets a little bit interesting. But I just think, I I think I'm going to take USC here as well. I think, I think the, the defense will be all right. At least, at least against San Jose state, I want to hope so. If they don't cover this number, especially if they give up a few touchdowns on defense. That's going to really perk my ears up as far as USC and what they can be going into this 2023 season. So I'm going to make this pick with optimism, hoping that USC will be the defensive team that we think that they can be this season in order to make a run at that college football playoffs. I'll go Trojans as well. Let's move on. Let's head to another matchup that's got a little bit of intrigue around it a team that you weren't too fond of last year and a team that surprised a lot of folks last year. We're talking about NC state, the Wolfpack going on the road to face off against the Yukon Huskies. Now you you say, wait a second, Yukon. Yes. Yukon was, UConn was actually pretty decent last year, believe it or not. They won like five or six games. Yeah, and for a UConn program that wins one, maybe two games every year, that's definitely an improvement. So Thursday, August 31st, 7.30 on CBS Sports. Got a 15-point road favorite in the Wolf Pack. You think they got enough to get it done? They obviously lose quarterback Devin Leary, but I think think they still obviously have the talent edge here. But early in the season – a UConn team that's got some momentum. This might might be a tricky spot for this Wolfpack team that you had some issues with last year. If I
0: told you that I've seen UConn football play in person, would you believe me? Back in like 2013, uh, it was the season that UCF won zero games, and I went to a UCF game there playing UConn. But back to this year's game, this UConn team is somewhat more improved. They did win like five, six games last year. Um, and I know, man, I've had this, uh, I've, I've been a Wolfpack hater, man. I have, <laughs> I own it. I don't think I was all that wrong last year about it. And I think that this is a little bit more of an improved Wolfpack team from a year ago. They've got some studs on defense. Their defense is very capable. And I think their offense just gets it done, uh, when need be in a lot of games. I think once they get into the bulk of their ACC schedules, when they start to trip up, But again, these week one, week zero games for a lot of these teams are going to be a little bit of a tune-up game. This is what I expect out of NC State. And I think that they can cover 15 points. I'm going to take the away team. And once again, I'm going to go with the favorites against the spread. And Mm -hmm. I think this Wolfpack team has a lot to prove.
1: Yeah, this one's tough because I would have, just looking at this matchup, I would have expected this spread to be a little bit higher. Now they are yeah. on the they are on the road, so that that counts a little bit and bumping that number down. But for some reason, fifteen makes me feel like it, like it's right around that two touchdown mark. You got to take them by more than two touchdowns. Something something's telling me that Vegas is onto something here. Like maybe this is a twenty eight to fourteen, and the, you know they they're leading throughout the game and it never really is in question, but they just don't quite cover that spread. I, I got a lot of questions about this NC State team on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive uh, line, especially the front seven, is usually pretty good and has got some playmakers there. I think they'll win this game, and I think they'll win this game comfortably, but I'm actually actually leaning toward the Huskies here to cover that 15-point mark. Am I crazy? I don't think so. I I think home field advantage
0: plays such a big factor in college football, more so than the NFL. And I think that this UConn team is somebody that – they're not gonna, they're not gonna wow anybody, but they're not somebody that you can sleep on either. And these week zero, these week one games, when you've been going up against your own players in practice all through fall camp, you don't really know what you have until it hits the field, and that could shock the Wolfpack a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it could. I think, like I said, you know, we'll probably see some offenses get off to good starts and defenses struggle a little bit early in the season. At least that's typically how it goes. So maybe that UConn offense can, can get some things going against that NC state defense and keep that game a little bit closer and a little more intriguing for a little while. That'll be interesting to watch. Let's go ahead and move on though. This one is probably one of the best ones of that week zero, that early season action. We have an SEC team who needs a good second year for their head coach. The Florida Gators are going all the way across the country to play the number 14-ranked Utah Utes coming off back-to-back Pac-12 championships. That's Thursday, August 31st, 8 o'clock on ESPN, the big primetime game. And it's the home team, the Utes, that are favored by seven right now, depending on where and when you find that line. It was higher earlier in the week. It was sitting actually around 10, and now that, that number has creeped down a little bit. That is because, I think it's because, Cam Rising is a little banged up, so we may see a different quarterback for the Utes if he's not able to get healthy in time. But still going to be an intriguing matchup, Gators and the Utes, after Florida won that game in the Swamp last year.
0: Yeah, we talked about this a little bit off podcast. Um, and I think the season ago, I took Utah, you took Florida in this game. It switches venue. It's in Utah. Uh, um, I think the big thing here is Florida has lost a n- top five overall draft pick in Anthony Richardson at quarterback. They've lost probably their best offensive lineman. Um, their their receiving core is a little bit different. Now they do have an incredible running back in Trevor Etienne. He is established as that number one running back. He is obviously the brother of Former Clemson, current Jacksonville Jaguars, running back Travis Etienne. Yeah. And uh, this Florida offense is just a big question mark. We don't know Mm -hmm. what they can do yet. And I feel like we just – we know what we're getting out of Utah. We're getting a poor man's Georgia team, um, and we're getting a team that's very capable of playing in these big games. I mean, they played an incredible game against USC twice last year. Uh, They come away with a Pac-12 championship. When it was at minus 10, I was very iffy, and I was leaning more towards Florida. But with a seven-point spread, I think that Utah can come out with two scores.
1: Two scores, man. Yeah, that'd be impressive because, you know, like you said, obviously it was at home last year, but Florida ended up winning that game. The question marks for me, if I'm a Florida fan, is that offensive line. You lose Osiris Torrance to the NFL, the best guard in probably college football last season. And then you're having to replace Anthony Richardson, obviously, which, you know, he had his he had his ups, he had his downs last year, but no doubt he was an electric playmaker. And you're having to replace him with a transfer from Wisconsin Graham Mertz. And like I feel like we've seen what we're gonna get from Graham Mertz. It's just like Played good against bad teams, played bad against good teams. And I think this Florida defense is pretty, is or excuse me, this Utah um, team is actually pretty good. So the the question for me is going to be Cam Rising. If he's healthy, I'm rolling Utah all the way. They got a transfer from Florida's best tackler last year, led the team in tackles, transfers from Florida to Utah. So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, I just I think it's still too much. One of the toughest places to play in the Pac-12 is Utah Stadium, that Rice-Fickle Stadium. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but I think, I think Utah can get it done. I think seven, the more that line creeps down, the more comfortable I feel taking the Utes there at home. So that'll be a good one to watch. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's go to the Big Ten. Big Ten country, baby. It's going to be the last year where the – The traditional Big Ten powers are the only ones going at it before all these Pac-12 teams come running in. We got Nebraska and Minnesota, a great matchup going down in week zero. The Cornhuskers are on the road, and they are underdogs by a touchdown. Golden Gophers favored by seven at home. Thursday, August 31st, 8 o'clock on Fox should be a good game uh should kind of tell us about this middle tier of the back of the Big 10 early in the season. Nebraska's got some questions but got some momentum behind them. Minnesota's replacing a lot, but they're always sort of a solid middle of the pack Big 10 team. So this one will be this one'll be good to kind of give us a picture of what that second tier, third tier in the Big 10 looks like this year.
0: Yeah, Minnesota finished their season off pretty good. They went 4 of 1 in their last 5 games last year obviously they lose their quarterback Tanner Morgan and running back Muhammad Ibrahim uh, so it will be interesting to see how they fill those roles especially since head coach PJ Fleck his identity is kind of to establish that run uh, early in the game so will will it'll be remain it remains to be seen how Minnesota will be able to do that and who will step up in those roles on the other hand Nebraska hires head coach Matt Rule. Uh, He was most recently in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. But before that, he did have a very successful uh, season there at Baylor. Um, And I think he's a really good hire for this Nebraska team. When you're talking about getting away from a Scott Frost and trying to right these wrongs in a new era for Nebraska, I think he's a really great pick for head coach. Nebraska has uh, Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims at quarterback this year and uh on the other side of the ball their linebacker and, and defensive back groups are the strength of this entire team in my opinion they're very solid there i think dude it minus seven if it was minus seven and a half i want to go i kind of want to go push man like okay. i know i can't and i gotta take a team to win gotta pick a side uh, or gotta a i gotta side. pick a side in the spread get out of it um <laughs> I'm going to go with Nebraska. I like Jeff Sims. I think that their defense is pretty good. I think their defense is maybe a little bit of a step ahead of Minnesota's. And I think Matt Rule could do big things here. No, uh, no hate on P.J. Fleck or Minnesota. I just – I don't know what I have in Minnesota yet.
1: Yeah. I was honestly leading the same way. Like you said, Minnesota losing a lot of production, losing their quarterback, losing their running back, uh, losing a lot of talent off of that team. Like I said, they're always sort of a solid middle-tier team in that Big Ten. But I think Nebraska is kind of primed for, for a good restart here under Matt Rule. You already touched on it a little bit. The transfer quarterback, they've got some weapons around them. They're trying to kind of rebuild this thing through the transfer portal to get it turned around as quickly as possible. But if you notice, like Matt Rule at uh, at Baylor, like it, it kind of took a little while to get off of the ground, and then all of a sudden they were really good. So I think it might be a slower start to this Matt Rule era I like Nebraska this year I think they could probably go bowling and after a four and eight season last year you'll take that but I think this is I think this is early in the season where they've still got some kinks to work out I think you know it might take them a little time to kind of gel and really buy in to this new head coach so I like Nebraska but I think for this one at home I think I'm going to take Minnesota early in the season to to win that game and to kind of Kind of give Nebraska some things to work on as they head into uh, into the bulk of that Big Ten schedule, but but I am high I am high on Nebraska this year, high as in six maybe seven wins. <laughs> With that being said, we got one more matchup to cover. We'll go to the ACC and cover a couple of teams that have got some momentum as well. We've got the Louisville Cardinals going on the road to Atlanta to face off against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's going down Friday, September 1st, 7.30 on ESPN. Should be a great early season ACC matchup, but it's the road favorite. The Cardinals coming in, favored by eight right now, where you're finding those lines most of the places. Um, it's it's going to be a good game, but I feel like I feel like eight's too high. I, I like Jeff Brom coming over for Purdue. The new head coach of the Cardinals. He's obviously an alum from there, so he's 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 got a lot of momentum behind this Cardinal program. But eight seems high. I don't I don't know. I think Brent Pry at, at Georgia Tech is is going to be able to 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 kind of get these things uh, headed in the right way for Georgia Tech as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is technically a neutral site game being played at Mercedes Benz Stadium as opposed to Bobby Dodd Stadium, uh, where the Yellow Jackets normally play. You touched on it. Jeff Braun, the new head coach, uh, comes over from Purdue. I think uh, uh, he's doing some really big things. I've already seen him get a couple big recruits for this next recruiting class coming up. Um, We're still kind of unsure who the QB1 is there in Louisville. I think it's most likely going to be Jake Plummer, the redshirt senior. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got more studs. Jawar Jordan is a stud on that side. Uh, um, But then Georgia Tech, I mean, they've got a couple – good transfers in from last year's team. Uh, again, they have another quarterback question. Is it going to be the highly touted freshman, Zach Pyron, or are you going to start a known commodity and the transfer from Texas A&M quarterback, Haynes King, who started for Texas A&M to start the season a year ago. Uh, you know what you got. You know that he's capable of playing in these big games and he, he's a very, very capable quarterback. He's not, a top tier, but he's very capable. And then Georgia Tech goes out and they get him some weapons. They get Georgia transfer Dominic Blaylock as a receiver who didn't really get to shine in a Georgia offense that loves to share the wealth around to all their receivers, and it's kind of by committee. Dominic Blaylock is going to be a key contributor for this Yellow Jacket offense. I think that Louisville just probably has a little bit too much firepower. I mean, this is still – a team that has uh, just on paper uh, just a better advantage. You know, you compare player to player. I think Louisville just has the better player on paper. And without knowing much else from these teams going into the season, I think I got to take the Louisville team, the road favorite. Yes, I'm going all favorites except mm-hmm. for my Nebraska pick. But oh. I think I think eight wins is comfortable.
1: Yeah, this one's interesting to me because, like you said, it's kind of transfers all over the place for Georgia Tech, and they're bringing in quality guys. Like they're bringing in guys that, you know, maybe they didn't have great starts to their career at these other at these other teams but these are sec guys talking about hayes king you know coming over from texas a&m you touched on blaylock from georgia they bring over christian leary from alabama they bring over some other guys from some other big time programs so it'll be exciting to see kind of how those guys can gel early in the season i think it might take them some time but I got questions about Louisville too. You know, having to replace Malik Cunningham, that quarterback was really good for them the last few years, leading them to some some great seasons. So, I don't know. It's tough. I think, I think Louisville's got the talent edge. I think Georgia Tech has some great options, but like I said, a lot of them transferring in, so it might take them a little bit of time to gel. It's at Georgia Tech, or excuse me, it's in Atlanta at the Bend, so they kind of have the the home field advantage there. I don't know how much that matters I know how many Georgia tech fans are flocking to this game. Got to get a glimpse of their, of their yellow jackets, but I don't know. I'm on the fence about this one. I feel like if it were seven, if it were six and a half, I would right. definitely, I would definitely take Louisville, but it's about, 100%. it's about, it's about a point and a half too high for me. So I think I'm leaning Georgia tech. We saw take them, them take we them. them. I mean, last year, they, they they lose to Clemson and the and that final score wasn't wasn't didn't make you think like, oh, it was a good game, but they they hung in there for majority of the first half and, and scored some touchdowns there in the second half. So I think early in the year, you know, they might be able to get it done. I'm gonna take Louisville to win this game, but I'm actually I think I'm gonna ride with the Yellow Jackets to keep this closer than eight points. I think it I think it could be a touchdown win for Louisville, but that's still a cover by the Yellow Jackets. So that'll do it. I like to pick. That's it, man. That's six games. We picked six for the first time in 2023. That means football is here. It is time to go. If you're not excited about it, I don't know. I don't know what to do for you. Um, It should be a great year and uh, looking forward to covering it every week with you. Yeah. I mean, so
0: next week, you can stay tuned. We will cover uh, the results from this Saturday six that we picked, and then we will drop a separate podcast with a new Saturday six for the official week one of college football. There's still a ton of great games to cover and a lot to be excited for. And you can always keep track with our, of our picks and keep track with what we're doing here on the podcast on Instagram at Saturday six pod. And wherever you find your podcasts, Apple music, Spotify, anywhere else, give us a follow at Saturday six podcast. Let them know. Share it with a friend word of mouth is the best way to spread things uh not just great podcast uh but anyways give us a follow give us a like and stay tuned for a lot more great episodes to come we will be here for the next like 14 15 weeks so a lot of great stuff coming
1: yeah our, our wives hate us but uh we enjoy it so thank you for listening for my brother tyler i am aj this is another episode of the saturday six podcast We will catch you guys soon. Yeah, baby!